Hello, welcome to the Web Chatham Report, episode 129. Sunday afternoon. Didn't think I was going to make this this week. Doing this every three weeks these days. And uh, it's been a very busy weekend. And it's a short weekend. Last weekend I had a four-day weekend and I thought to myself, oh, I really got everything done. I should uh, do the podcast. And I was like, no, it's uh, it's only been two weeks. You got to wait another week. And then I get to this weekend and I have so much to do. It's been very stressful. Um, but I'm kind of, I think I'm caught up. It is 1.54 on Sunday. And I was just watching my daughter, but she just wandered off to play outside with my wife. There is a appliance repairman above my head banging on the dishwasher. So you might hear some thumping now and then. But uh, I think uh, we've got a spare hour to, to, get this, to get this podcast delivered to you, my friends, the listeners of the Web Chatham Report. Oh, where do we start? Where do we start? Well, my neighbors, I think I've mentioned them before, they, uh, they quit their jobs at big tech companies <laughs> and they started a contracting company doing pools, landscaping, hardscaping. They're going to expand from there, but, uh, you know, got a GC license and <laughs> now I'm doing their QuickBooks. <laughs> We had a bonfire a while back. I think I told you guys about this, and we were drinking, and they were telling me about their pool company. I was like, that sounds so much more fun than tech. And they were like, you know, you want to come help? I was like, oh, I can't. I still got my lottery ticket in tech until the lottery ticket's gone. I got to keep going. They got me trapped. But I'll do your QuickBooks, though. I was kind of joking. I was like three beers in. And they took me up on it last weekend. They were like, hey, we have a business proposition for you. And... They asked if I could do their QuickBooks. They're not paying me, which is weird now that I see how much money they're making. (laughs) Come to think of it. But but they are going to give me a discount and do everything at cost when we get a pool and Emma's been wanting a pool, even though they're really expensive. She's deeply ambivalent about it. I don't know if she'll decide yes or not, but uh, it'll be a lot cheaper for me doing these QuickBooks. And it's been pretty interesting because, you know, I'm in QuickBooks a lot at work. But it's a very different kind of thing because programmatic advertising, you know, it's SaaS. We either have SaaS revenue from people that buy Nimbus software to run their auctions, or we have programmatic advertising revenue that just comes in that robots just pay us on the time hop side. So all the parts of QuickBooks that are like projects and invoicing, <laughs> we don't do any of that. You know what I mean? I'm very good on the expense side, but I, uh, I didn't really know how to do projects. And, you know, in contracting, everything's milestone based, too. So I had to find all these settings deep hidden within QuickBooks to turn on milestone based, you know, multiple invoices against one estimate kind of thing. But it's working. I, th- I think just a few minutes ago, I got it all set up. And, uh, yeah, it's been fun. It's kind of more satisfying than I thought to work in QuickBooks Um, on top of my regular job. That part's been a little stressful because my work has been really, 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 really busy. And, uh, but, yeah, QuickBooks, it's it's going great. There is uh, a situation with Janet's car, my mother-in-law. She's got, you know, 
some issues with her eyesight, with like farsighted, nearsighted. She has to wear different glasses, you know, and she, when she's driving, she wears her farsighted glasses and it makes it really hard for her to see the iPhone. I have this problem too, which is the only thing she had in her old car for Waze. So we're buying her a new car that's got like a big screen and puts the directions on the, you know, where the, where the speedometer is and all that. So I've been trying to get all that done, dealing with her trade-in and the insurance and the dealership. Dealerships are such a pain. It's a whole thing, which is why I'm doing it. Nobody else in the family wants to deal with it. Huh? Deal with dealers. So I've been doing that as well. Uh, the house next door is for sale, and it's stressing us out. There's an open house right now. and I don't know, man. I don't want new neighbors. It's, it's very stressful. We really like the Grimeses. They... Uh, like, you know, they're quiet. <laughs> Who knows who's going to buy that house? It's it's very upsetting. There's like 30 cars there right now. I don't know. It's uh, it's freaking out. Uh, freaking me out. Freaking me out. But, you know, everything else is good in the hood. It's been a good time. I like my house. I like my neighborhood. I like my neighbors. Uh, yeah, it's good. Um, did I go to New York since I last talked to you? I can't remember. I've been drinking too much. I stopped. I got really into wine. I went to New York. I drank too much. Overslept. Stressed out my wife. That might have been since I last talked to you guys. That was a whole bad thing. I was in the doghouse for a while. I deserved it. But then my... This is kind of weird. So, you know, they gave me a new pain medication, uh, the pain doctor, and they gave me these shots in my neck, and it's been great. Both of them have been great. And uh, But nobody told me not to drink on the pain medication. <laughs> And uh, it's also, you know, it's a, it's a duolexine or whatever. So it's basically Cymbalta. It is Cymbalta. So it's also a mild antidepressant, right? So, which is, I think, maybe actually working because I've been in a great mood. But anyway, uh, Janet, my mother-in-law, is a therapist. And she was like, you're not supposed to drink on that. And I was like, why did nobody tell me this? <laughs> I literally just learned it like a few days ago after being on it for a month. And they have my blood pressure medicine. So I don't know. Maybe that's why I like slept for 12 hours and didn't hear my wife calling or the hotel people banging on my door. It was all very upsetting. But uh, I don't know. So it was a great January. It was a wet January. I was having a great time. But it's over now. It must have been drunk. But it's over now. It must have been wine, but I lost it somehow. Oh, so fun. Just watching stupid comedies, drinking wine every night. Man, that was, that was great. January was great. It's also been so warm. It was like 80, 90, 80 degrees last week. It was crazy. All my plants have like skyrocketed. It's kind of a thing. I had this early frost and it froze my garlic and my winter wheat and my, oh, my winter onions. And I thought they were going to make it, but they all seem to be bouncing back. But they're little, even the carrots are back. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. The garden's kind of crazy. Emma wants me to move the whole hoop house somewhere else, and she's not wrong, but it's honestly inclined. I don't know if I want to do it. It's a lot of work, and I got to decide in the next week or two because I got to put the ceilings in the ground in the garage soon. I mean, I got things are going out in the yard in like five weeks, so we got to do this, but I don't really want to do it, even though she's right. But it's like it would involve leveling and moving to giant birdies' beds. <sighs> it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot, man. I don't know. I've been, uh, I've had, up until last week, I had a lot of free time, you know, with the quarantine and 
and uh, getting COVID and uh, not gardening, really. Like, that's been huge. I just, you know, I've had my weekends back. And I can't, I gotta say, I'm not super looking forward to gardening. Gardening. I mean, I'm gonna do it, don't get me wrong. But I'm not gonna, like, film them and go all out. I'm just gonna do a serviceable garden and plant stuff. And, you know, it's it's it doesn't have to take up a lot of time anymore now that everything's on drip irrigation. Uh, I don't know. I'm actually... I, like two or three weeks ago, I was like, I don't really want to do this at all, but it's been growing on me. I'm actually getting kind of excited about it again. Jane's good. Uh, she has a little bit of allergies. We're entering pollen season, which is very intense down here. And so she hasn't been getting enough sleep. So she's been being a little cranky. She's good today, though. She's actually lovely today. Um, we're doing two daddy bedtimes every one mommy bedtime to make up for. I finished making up for the quarantine. And now I'm making up for the five days. <laughs> Emma wouldn't let me uh, do bedtimes after I got home from that New York work trip, which was very productive, but then ended in that bender and oversleep and it took me about three days to recover from my hangover. So she was doing breakfast in that period, too, because, you know, I was also a little sick and she was worried I got COVID again. It was a whole thing. It was really awful. I was really awful. I was a bad husband. Um, I'm out of the doghouse now. I deserved it. It's fine. Communication. We worked our way through it. Uh, <laughs> but uh so i did the math and now i gotta do two daddy bedtimes for every mommy bedtime through like march to make up for it because when she does it she does bedtime and mornings and i'm supposed to do mornings right so out of every two days i'm supposed to do three items both mornings and one bedtime and that's even ignoring afternoons because she's always supposed to be doing in afternoons. And she was covering those three items. So for out of every three days, I have to do three bedtimes to make up for it. But then she would do no bedtimes ever. So we're doing two to one, which means it spreads it go longer. So I got to do it till like April. And then I'll go home, see my sister and mom in June, and I'll end up having to like do two to one bedtimes for like another three months to make up for that. So it's just kind of like that's going to be the new pattern, I think. Two daddy bedtimes to one mommy bedtime. But it's been great. We've been doing dance parties. I'm teaching her a lot about music. A lot of... We were on it. She's, she's uh, doing Duolingo. <laughs> Nobody made her. She just started doing Duolingo. And she's on like a 10-day streak and running around speaking Spanish. So last daddy bedtime we did a Hispanic, Latin, Latina. I guess it was actually Latina because it was all women. Dance party. Shakira and Selena. Stuff like that. Gloria Stefan. That was really fun. I did a goth one with the Cranes and the Cocteau Twins and Susie and the Banshees. Uh, did like a kind of a punkish one with the slits and the raincoats and more Susie and uh, Susie Quattro and Blondie. <laughs> and then, of course, we have to do the pop ones. And then a lot of 80s, a lot of 80s because she loves 80s. Kate Bush, uh, you know, 80s. There's also men. We do a lot of Pet Shop Boys. Um, uh, Depeche Mode. She loves Depeche Mode, and that's a whole thing. Depeche Mode's coming this summer. Susie's coming this summer, and it's like they're all so expensive. And I just don't know, man. I don't know. I've seen all these people. She hasn't. I'm like, do I? I don't care if I see him again. I don't care. But I kind of want to. But you know, it'd be cool if she did. But I don't know. <sighs> and then we're trying to figure out school. We didn't get into the kindergarten we want. We're now leaning towards homeschool. I mean, it's kind of out of control. She's like probably on second or third grade level now. So I'm reading like 50 pages of homeschooling stuff and we're trying to learn how to do it. It's actually a thing. You got to like make a school with the state and keep attendance and do standardized tests, which, you know, whatever. It's all fine. 
But uh, I don't know. There's a Montessori school that we might get into if that works. I think the drawing is in three days. I don't have a high hope for that one either. That's a public school. Don't really want to pay for private school. One of our neighbors sent their kids to this private school, though. That's not too bad. But I don't know. We talk about it every day. Emma's really into homeschooling right now. I'm not, but I'm learning about it. It's tough. I kind of want to send her just to see how it works. And if she loves it, fine. But it's tough. Y'all go looky-loo, Levi. Oh, yeah. whole neighborhood's a buzz about this uh, open house next door. We went and looked. It's a nice place. Uh, a lot good about it. A lot bad about it, but too. But anyway, new neighbors. That'll be stressful. Uh, yeah, work is good. It's all super busy. Um... Still can't talk a lot about it, a lot about it, a lot about it, but lot about it. Someday I'll be able to talk about it. It's uh, kind of crazy. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. I'm going to give that another three weeks. I think by the next time we do a podcast, there should be some good stuff to talk about with work. And that's about it. Uh, you're in lists. You're in projects. That stuff's out the window. <laughs> it's not getting done this year. <laughs> Maybe next year. We'll see. Oh, geez. I got the important one done. <laughs> Uh, man, I tell you, it's good to talk to you guys, even though I'm very stressed and overworked and not talking about a lot of it yet. And I'm just going to talk about media and I feel like I'm copping out on you, but you know, it's nice to check in with your friends and in a couple more weeks, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about some stuff. Uh, Plex has been interesting because my friend Ben Palmer, my co-founder at the Barbarian Group, uh, who lives in L.A., he does Plex, and we figured out how to download from each other. So I've been downloading some stuff for him. They're still doing the uh, Netflix ripping. I just ripped Where'd You Go to Burn a Debt, the uh, film by What's-His-Name, Austin Guy, Slacker. Uh, I can't even remember his name. Anyway, that guy, <laughs> Boyhood. Oh, currently there's a father with a daughter about Jane's age in their backyard. Well, they can move in, I guess. That could be cute. Uh, stressful. Anyway, uh, I bought the Three Colors trilogy by Krzysztof Kieslowski, Blue, White, and Red. I love those films. They are some of my favorite films ever. Krzysztof Kieslowski is one of my favorite filmmakers. I... Wrote a song about him when he died in my old band, Rocket the Birth from the Streetlands. I've already bought these things on DVD and HD Blu-ray, and now I bought the 4K ones and ripped them, and they're up there. With All of them are pretty amazing. They have a lot of interviews with the actresses, Julie Delpy, Irene Jacob, and Julie Binoche, and the composer, and Christoph Pieswitz, and the producer is producer. It's all very interesting. I strongly recommend it if you are a Christoph Kieslowski fan. Judy, the Renee Zellweger film about what's your name? <laughs> Judy. <laughs> I can't remember. I want to say Judy Bloom, but that's not right. <laughs> not Judy Dench. <laughs> well, whatever. That film's up there. Uh, new Sarah Polly film, Women Talking. I'm about halfway through watching it, actually. It's great. I love it. I'm going to finish it tonight because it's my day off from Jane. That's very exciting. Uh, Brendan Fraser, The Whale, new Aronofsky film. Haven't started that yet. Marcel with the shoes on. Marcel, Marcel the shoe. Oh, my God. I can't say this. Marcel the shell with shoes on is up there. Uh, Tampopo is up there in 720. Uh, Vim Vender's Pina, the dance film, is up there in HD. Tar. The 
Kate Blanchett film that is sweeping the award season here is up there in 4K. I bought the 4K Blu-ray and ripped it, so I did not pirate. It's got a lot of good, well, not a lot, but a little bit of behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, and the My Little Pony movie is up there because my daughter is into My Little Pony now. Oh, the young family's really checking out the backyard. Well, there's not much of a backyard there, so I don't think they're going to go for it. Oh, it's very stressful. Oh, yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know if I want new neighbors. Anyway, uh, that is everything that's up there on the Plex. And then in vinyl, we got a lot of vinyl. It's a lot, a lot of control. I'm not going to lie. Uh, James, early album, Strip Mine. Uh, oh, I forgot to tell you about this. My friend Og Stone stayed with us for four days. It was lovely. He was on a book tour. Did a reading in Chapel Hill, did a reading in Raleigh. He old, 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 long-term friend of mine. He was my best friend for years. We were in a band together. He's in Rockets, Birth on the Street Lamps. Great guy. We stay in touch. Uh, I did some music for one of his spoken word projects last year. And uh, he was here. Yeah, he stayed with us for like three or four days. It was awesome. And he did this reading at School Kids Records in Chapel Hill. And I was looking around and I did not know this, but he told me all about this, that School Kids Records, which also is in Raleigh, they bought the old record store on Franklin Street that I really loved and they kept it. And then they even expanded it. Now it has a bar and everything. It's pretty cool. Anyway, they have a record label, and in the record label, they have recently released a new record by Jeanette Napolitano, who is the former lead singer of Concrete Blonde. That was the appliance repairman. Uh, get it, a friend for Jim to be preferred. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and I bought it, and it's called Exquisite Corpses, and it's great. I love it a lot. It's a solo album. It's kind of a rock one. Turns out she also does a lot of soundtrack music. I haven't listened to any of that yet. Um, and it's really great. And it's got a song called Leonard, Cohen, Leonard Cohen's Flowers about Leonard Cohen giving her flowers when she covered uh, Everybody Knows on the Pump Up the Volume soundtrack back in the day. <laughs> it's really good. It's a great song. Uh, anyway, strongly recommended. It is on Spotify. Jeanette Napolitano, Exquisite Corpses. Uh, Sylvan Esso, North Carolina Triangle Band. Uh, they have an album called No Rule Sandy, and they have made a special North Carolina edition. Press the vinyl in Asheville. Limited edition to 500, blue vinyl. It's kind of Tar Heel blue, but not quite. I'm not sure if that's what they were going for or what. But a uh, great record, and I really like Sylvan Esso. And yeah. Got that vinyl, Hammered Hulls, which is uh, Brandon Mackay, Ian Mackay from Fugazi's brother. Was Brandon in Fugazi? I don't remember Ian and Jay. He was, right? I think so. I don't know. Man, I'm old. Uh, and the bassist in Hammered Hulls is Mary Timoney from Helium. And they have a new album, their first album. They had an EP or a single or something about that. But the album is called Careening, and it is straight up Discord punk rock. It's awesome. Strong recommend there. Uh, the Tinder Sticks. With Thomas Bellhorn and Christine Ott. I don't know what this is. I found it at School Kids. Minute Bodies, The Intimate World of F. Percy Smith. I have not had time to look up who F. Percy Smith is. It's a very atmospheric, ambient LP. I like it a lot, uh, but I don't know anything about it yet. And I don't know who Thomas Bellhorn is or Christine Ott or F. Percy Smith, but I know who the Tindersticks are, and I love them. Auburn Lull, the Detroit drone space rock band that I have profoundly loved for almost 30 years now. I've been looking for this album on vinyl for quite some time. It did not exist, but they reissued it. Haifa, H-Y-P-H-A. Great album from the mid-90s drone Detroit space rock scene. Very happy to own that finally. I think I have all the Auburn Lull that there is on vinyl now. I've been collecting that stuff a long, long time. 
And then Yoga Tango's new album, The Stupid World, is awesome. Very droney, very noisy, very into it. Best album in a long, long time is what people were saying, and I was a little dubious, but they are right. It is the best album since I can hear the heart beating as one. I had an inkling it was going to happen, uh, and I get to see him again in April at Cat's Cradle. Very exciting. Very exciting. They're coming to Cat's Cradle. So is Samia. I'm so excited. And so, in high, so is High Viz. Three good shows coming to Cat's Cradle. Young Father's new album, Heavy Heavy. Oh my God, I love this album so much. It might be my favorite album of the year so far. It's just so good. I've been listening to it. That and the Samia album over and over again, constantly. That Holy Moly song on there. Oh, holy moly. Oh my God, it's so good. I can listen to it right now. Great record. Mogwai, Young Team. First album by Mogwai. The uh, for original pressings have been going for hundreds and hundreds of dollars, and it's one of the few Mogwai albums I don't have on vinyl. The first two. That one and Come On, Die Young. Because I still buying CDs back then like an idiot. And uh, they finally reissued it at affordable price. At an affordable price. So I got that first Mogwai album. Just listened to the vinyl today. Very good pressing. Um, it was awesome. I haven't listened to Mogwai Fear Satan in quite some time. It's a great song. Jane really liked it. She was down here making tables in <laughs> Microsoft Word on the computer next to me. It was very weird. <laughs> Jeez, oh my God. I'm, I'm scared. Uh, Air. This is the Vinyl Me Please record of the month. Moon Safari. Uh, just listened to that as well. Beautiful, very quiet pressing, very, very good. Uh, never owned that record. Never owned any air, I learned, as I put it into its slot. I had the Sexy Boy Etienne de Crecci remix on a CD, and I loved it. But that's all I ever listened to by them. I saw them on the Moon Safari Tour at Venus de Milo in Boston. It was awesome. I don't know why I never bought any of the records, though. Let's snooze the motion alarms. Okay, there we go. Uh, and then Medicine, the... LA-based guitar feedback noise band from the mid-90s that's been continually making music. Has a new album called Drugs. <laughs> Vinyl just arrived the other day. Just finished listening to side one right before I started this podcast. I'm on side two, but I, I just didn't quite finish. And the song I'm listening to now is a radical reworking of Time Baby 3, which featured in the original Crow movie. They played it. They were the band playing in the club in the original Crow movie playing Time Baby 3. There's a radical reworking on it on the 2023 album Drugs. Very into it. The night of my rehearsal dinner, I was at the rehearsal dinner with a bunch of people, and we finished the dinner. It's like the family, you know, and the, the wedding party and all that. And then we went to the bar across the street, and we had rented the whole bar, and everybody else that was in town or... It was in New York City, so a lot of people lived there, just came to the bar, and it was, was a great big party the night before the wedding, and then like around 10, me and my sister snuck out, and we went down the street to the wedding venue, which was the Music Hall of Williamsburg, because Medicine was playing the Music Hall of Williamsburg, and my sister still loved them too, and she, you know, she's moved on in her musical taste since then, but... We walked in and they were playing uh, that song, actually, Time Baby 3. And we were just like, oh, my God, this is so awesome. And then they played one more. And we were just like, this is the greatest thing. And we watched, like, I don't know, seven songs. And then we went back to the rehearsal dinner party. <laughs> and I went to bed and got married. It was awesome. Uh, that's all the LPs I bought in the last three weeks. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and 21 days. So not even, yeah, about one every two days, which is somewhat alarming. That is not sustainable. I need to stop buying records. That's really not good. Oh my God. What am I doing with my life? Here's all the other albums I listened to that I did not buy on vinyl though. So give me some credit. Rex, old album C, been remastered probably by Jeff Lipton, but I haven't actually checked. It's on Numero Group. They're reissuing it. I really want to own it. It's a great record. I loved Rex. Uh, I never owned that record either, but I'm not going to buy it. Chisel. 
Set You Free, a uh, compilation of all the old Chisel songs, also on Numero Group. Chisel just reformed. They played the Numero Group party. That's Ted Leo's old DC hardcore band. That's more DC hardcore punk. Pretty good. Black Belt Eagle Scout. Spaces. Black Belt Eagle Scout is a Pacific Northwest indigenous woman shoegaze band, and it fucking rules, and I love them so much. This is their second record. They played Cat's Cradle several years ago. I think even before Jam was born, maybe. And I've been very obsessed with them, and I'm really into the new album, Spaces, New Order, Low Life Definitive Edition. Sounds really good. I didn't buy it. I already have like four copies of Low Life. This is just out of control. But this 2 had a lot of extra stuff, so really I listened to it for Disc 2. It was all fine. Nothing special. Nothing amazing missing. You're not missing out. But if you don't own a copy of Low Life, the Definitive Edition is the best cash-in reissue I've seen in a long time. Uh, post Driefing. P-O-S-T hyphen D-R-E-I-F-I-N-G. Droll, oh yeah, Droll Mall number four. This is Icelandic Collective. This was awesome, actually. Apparently they're a collective in Iceland. I can only find one article in English. They're like, what's up with the Icelandic Collective post-drifting? But then it doesn't tell you anything else, so it wasn't very helpful. But the album is called Droll Mall number four, and I loved it. I mean, it's very diverse, but it's all Icelandic. It was really weird. Kind of a lot of like Icelandic psych and orchestral. And yeah, it was really, really good. JT Ford, as in JTIV. The album's called The Future. Old Chicago Punk Psychopath compilation on Drag City. I don't remember why I listened to that. JT Four, The Future. It was fun, though. There is like uh, some interesting stuff on there. It was related to something. Somebody's in the band or I don't remember, but uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. JT Four. Maybe that was the guy that he was like a, yeah, okay. He's like a rich kid's son and he, I think he died. I think he died. Maybe they're making a movie or something. I don't remember. Drowse, uh, Wayne into it. W-A-N-E into it by a band called Drowse. It was a uh, kind of circus goth. It was, it was fine. And then Sadness. Oh yeah, actually these two are great. Sadness, Tortuga, like the island, I guess, and you know, Pirates of the Caribbean or something. It was Metal Goth. Those two are great. Both great gothy albums probably more into the metal goth one sadness than the circus gothy one drowse yoga tango this stupid world we talked about that alex winston other people's love songs that was good that was uh covers of love songs by other people that came from my friend nikki digital uh has true love will find you in the end which i always really love beautiful song smashing pumpkins atom acts one and two which is the new Smashing Pumpkins album, and I have to tell you, it's actually pretty good if you like sort of like Gish, Siamese Dream, era Smashing Pumpkins. I'm not comfortable with that fact either, and everybody I tell it's good doesn't want to hear this news, but it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's not like groundbreaking, but it's solid. Oh, Children. It's uh, some goth band from the 90s. Uh, one album is self-titled, Oh, Children, and the other one is called Apnea. Uh, it's an earlier one. It's poppy. It has a song called P.T. Cruiser on it. It's really, really good. Uh, I learned about this band from some article about minorities in goth music, and I, I think the lead singer is black. I don't actually know. I just looked at the list, and I knew a lot of the bands that I hadn't heard of this one, and I was like, oh, it's a goth band. That's somebody saying it's good. I'll listen to it. Uh, and it was good, actually. I like Oh Children. They only have two albums, and I listened to them both. They're pretty great. Harsh Symmetry, Display Model. Uh, that was also on the list. Um, Another black guy lead singer, and it was really good. I had not heard of them, Harsh Symmetry, and it was more synth-pop goth, and I really liked it. Display model. Uh, Pictoria Vark, The Parts I Dread. That was awesome. I don't know where I heard about this, um, but it's like a, a woman, and she's doing like noisy rock, a little bit, a little bit experimental, a little bit goth, a little bit ambient, but it was really, really good. A little bit cut up. 
Uh, but I really liked it. The parts I dread. Sons to use. S U U N S. The album is The Witness. It's a moody synth thing. It was really solid. Uh, a lot of good music, man. There's a lot of good music out there. I was really into a lot of this this time. Perla. Country band. Oh, Glistening Onion. The Nighttime is coming. coming. Oh, Glistening Onion. The Nighttime is coming. Uh, it's a woman. It's country. It was really good. Kind of remind me of early countryish first aid kit. I wonder if she's Swedish. I should look it up. I did not look it up. Bedroom, no, boredom, B-R-D-M-M, all lowercase. But I guess maybe it's B-D-R-M-M because the album is called Bedroom. Uh, Shoegaze, and it's on Mogwai's label. Uh, so it's like kind of Scottish. I think they must be Scottish. I don't know. It's on Chemical Underground, I believe, is the name of Mogwai's label. And they're on that. That's where I learned about that from a tweet from Mogwai. Very good quality shoegaze uni and the urchins simulator is the name of the album didn't really love this one uh kind of overproduced like republica or garbagey i mean like let me rephrase that it sounds like 90s garbage or 90s republica that people back then accused of sounding overproduced like specifically you know that root from the rooftops shout it out baby i'm ready to go i'm not even sure that's republica but i think it's republica it sounds like that kind of thing or like i think i'm paranoid yeah, but the songwriting is not as good as those and it's a little spotty but they had some moments. It had some moments. Uboa, U-B-O-A, The Origin of My Depression. That was great. Oh, my God. That was terrifying. Oh, yeah. That was terrifying. That was like a Diamanda Galas, screamy, ambient, terror goth lady woman thing. <laughs> that was very frightening. Listen, The Origin of My Depression by Uboa, U-B-O-A. Zero Lacreche. The number zero, well, Z-E-R-O-L-A-C-R-E-C-H-E. Last Year's Wife, The Collection. This is an obscure 80s goth band I'd never heard of. Og Stone mentioned it when he was here. He's like, for example, have you ever heard of this 80s goth band called Zero Lick Crush? And I was like, I have not. And I listened to it. The uh, They didn't have a large output. They had like, I don't know, an EP and two singles. And those are like, you know, produced-ish and recorded well. And they're great. And then there's a ton of like, you know, bootleg live recordings or like boombox practice space recordings. And some of them are just brilliant, brilliant songs. Like the songwriting is really good. They're terrible recordings, but like somebody should cover them because some of those songs on the like second half of that album are really well-written pop songs coming from a sort of no-name goth band from the 80s. I might cover one, actually. <laughs> there's, there's a couple hits in there. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Uh, Sweet Home, Sweet Home with an accent aigu on the last E. The album is called Advice. Oh yeah, this is local shoegaze. When Og and I were at School Kids Records, we got to talking to the guy that worked there, and he said he like managed this band or something, and he gave us a CD of theirs. He gave Og a CD of theirs, and I ripped it, and it was really good. Sweet Home, Advice. It's, it is on Spotify. Knife Play, one word, Animal Drowning. Um. That's some more Spotify shoegaze. Had a gothy swan song at the end that was really great. Not an actual swans cover, but it sounded like sort of recent era swans on it. I really liked it. Yeah, that was good. Animal Ghosts, Wake. That's more Spotify shoegaze. Uh, on the swerve driver end of things, uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I'm really trying to get to the bottom of the Spotify shoegaze recommendations until I've learned about every shoegaze band. <laughs> I'm making good progress. Uh, Caroline Polachek's album finally came out. I think like six songs on it were advanced singles. The album is called Desire I Want to Turn Into. I love it. Really love Welcome to My Island in Billions. 
Um, I think there was one song that was on the album that wasn't one of the five advanced songs that I really, really liked, but I can't remember which one. But as all in all, it's a great record. Brian Jonestown Massacre has a new album. That guy has a great work ethic, man. He just puts out an album a year, tours everywhere, great live band. People love it. The whole thing's really impressive. Nobody saw that coming with Anton Newcomb Jr. back in the dig days when it looked like he was going to drink and drug himself to death. It really is quite stunning. Uh, the album is called The Future Is Your Past, and it's good. It's not as good as the last one, but it is really good. But, you know, with him, it's just sort of like, there's this is the album. It's almost guided by voices-esque at this point, you know? This is a solid group of songs. Moving on to the next solid group of songs. Uh, Runner. Is the name of the band Runner, R-U-N-N-E-R? Like dying stars were reaching out. Uh, moody singer-songwriter stuff, guy with uh, some comedic lyrics and titles. It was pretty funny. Uh, very wry, W-R-Y. I liked it. That's uh, the dishwasher guy. Sorry about that. Lilac Queen, if only. is punky. Not really my thing. It was fine. Giles Corey, self-titled album, Giles Corey. Uh, moody, slowcore, atmospheric, folky solo guy from the band Have a Nice Life. His name is Dan Barrett, and I fucking loved that record. Very, very good. Uh, yeah, it was fun. And then I listened to a bunch of the Ting Tings, because Jane is really into dancing to Great DJ, and that's not my name. And so I listened to the last two Ting Tings albums. I only wrote one of them down, though, The, the Blacklight, and I listened to, listened to the one before that, too. They're good. I got really on a deep Ting Tings thing with the story of their life and all this other stuff. I've been writing about that on my, my newsletter. You can go there if you're curious about the wacky, wacky origins of the Ting Tings, who are still around and still making music. It's pretty interesting. They have a kid together now. They're a duo of a man and a woman. I always thought it was a girl band. Seller, uh, C-E-L-E-R, In the Light of Blues. In Light of Blues, that's an ambient thing, pretty smooth, kind of like a... Yeah, it was almost like 70s ambient. It was good, though. I liked it. Uh, BV Dub and Netherworld. Oh, man, yeah, this album was awesome. Equilibrium. Uh, BV Dub is apparently like a noise guy from San Francisco that went away to China for like 10 years and came back or something. I don't really know. But, uh, oh, it was so good. What a great record. It got very gothy ambient, a little bit noisy, very long pieces, like 20 minutes each. Very into that album, Equilibrium. Marie Sue, M-A-R-I-E-E, Sue like Susie Sue, Faces in the Rocks. That's a woman, acoustic mellow. Uh, I learned about that from my friend Nick. It's really awesome. Don't know anything about her yet. Forgot to look it up. Death Valley Girls, Islands in the Sky, Goth Punk, Synth, just great. New album from the Death Valley Girls, really into that. And there's a new album by Algiers. I just listened to it yesterday. Only got one listen in so far called Shook. But uh, on first listen, uh, it doesn't strike me as completely compelling as the previous Algiers album, but there's a lot of good stuff on it. It's a little long. I was actually a little stunned by that. <sighs> so that's all the music I listened to in the last three weeks. Try to keep up, man. I try to keep up, you know. I try to, like, learn what's going on out there in the world, in the world of music, and learn about it. It's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of people out there turning music into gold, to quote uh, John Stewart. Not from The Daily Show, but the other John Stewart. There's people out there turning music into gold. Oh, there's motion on our front door. I think that was just my wife. Uh, television, watching Star Wars Bad Batch. I enjoy it. It's lovely. Uh, also been watching Star Wars Visions. I didn't watch that. Star Wars Visions was the animated shorts where they invited other animation studios to make their own spin on the Star Wars world. Uh, they're like 15 minutes each. They're fine. They're fine, man. They're fine. Uh, Bad Batch is uh, doing some interesting stuff with like Palpatine and the period where he ruled, where people like he was emperor, but people still thought he was good and it seemed really unrealistic and they're making it more realistic. So, you know, if you always cared about that big unrealistic plot hole in the Star Wars universe, you could watch the new season of The Bad Batch. There's a very good two-parter on exactly that topic. 
The Last of Us, of course, great show. Uh, it was starting to lose me in episode three, the Kansas City episode, the first Kansas City episode. Um, you know, episode two with Zach Galifianakis, that was amazing, amazing op episode. And it wasn't Zach Galifianakis, it was the other guy. <laughs> uh, and that was a beautiful episode, beautiful episode. And then three just bothered me because it was unrealistic in many, many ways. But it got better after that. And I think it's really good now. Then I've been watching Letterkenny. And it's pretty funny, but it's starting to get a little samey. But I like the way each season kind of advances things a little bit. I'm only like three seasons in. Uh, and it's funny because Emma's been really obsessed with the fact that no Canadian shows have winter, but season three is all winter. So it like totally ruined her whole theory about Canadian television and winter. <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, Legends of Ox Machina. I'm so into this. Do you know about this? This is on Amazon and it is an animated show that's kind of like D&D. My friend Nick called it Star Wars Rebels in the D&D world with dick jokes. It comes from this company organization called critical role that my friend Richard Bouchard is obsessed with where they have done like 800 episodes of them playing D and D and then they were going to wrap it up and they're going to do a Kickstarter and try and get one animated thing out and they raised $11 million. So Amazon came calling and they're like, Hey, do you want to make a series? And so they did. It's on season two now. I don't know why I like it so much, but at first I was very dubious, but it has really, really grown on me. So Props to Critical Role and The Legend of Vox Machina. We're watching Saturday Night Live. I haven't watched it this week's, but I am still a fan. As long as I have Keenan Thompson and Chloe Fineman, I will be happy. Uh, yeah, let's see how tonight's goes. What is it? Woody Harrelson? Oh, that should be good. Um, Poker Face on Peacock. Uh, you know, Emma works at Peacock, so of course we're going to watch that. Ryan Johnson. Produced it. Uh, What's your name's in it? <laughs> Natasha Leone and a lot of guest stars. It's basically a slightly supernatural Columbo. I'm very into it. It's a little samey, but I like it. Some people complain that they know the general who did the murder at the beginning of the episode, but I like that. I like it. It's comfortable. It's episodic and it's comfortable. And we don't have enough of that in television anymore. All our TV are long story arcs with big bads and it's just tiresome and i like nice episodic comfortable television sometimes oh watch two episodes of taskmaster an english game show where it's a comedic game show seems very much like at midnight used to be if you remember that uh comedians compete in stupid stunts to do points it's kind of fun it's been on for like 20 seasons apparently one friend of mine has like four seasons of it in plex emma read some article about it and she was like we have to watch this and we have been watching it and it's pretty good uh state of the union we watched it was fine it was jesus wow yeah oh man that was a while ago we watched a super bowl too jesus so much has happened since i talked to you guys last all that state of the union insanity let's not talk about politics today the super bowl and that call at the end that was probably correct but just so fun crushing not that i cared who was going to win but i wanted a good game and they ruined that and then we've been watching wolf pack which is the sarah michelle geller show it's the return of sarah michelle geller it's a teenage wolf werewolf show by the creator of Teen Wolf, but it is not Teen Wolf, it is Wolf Pack. 
a lot of sexy people, a lot of male abdomens, a lot of female uh, male six packs and female midriffs. <laughs> it takes place in L.A. against the backdrop of the wildfires. You know, they're making modern commentary. Oh, man, that guy's really going for it. I don't even know what was wrong with our dishwasher. It seemed to be working for me, but what are you going to do? And then Great British Bake Off, the professionals, which I do not like at all. We've only watched two episodes. I don't intend to finish. It just doesn't have the charm. The juniors had the same charm, but not the professionals. It's too depressing. And the people, the judges are too mean. I mean, I'm always like this at the beginning. I thought, you know, Paul is, Paul is too mean. He's just mean. Uh, these two are meaner than Paul. And there's no nice person like Prue. So, you know, not going to watch that anymore. Watch four movies. Watch Wakanda Forever. I didn't like it. It had its moments, but it's too long, and the plot didn't make any sense, and they shoehorned too much MCU shit in there, and there's, like, fundamentally impossible things about the plot, and then they go on and on and on about how they spent so much time researching everything, and I'm like, okay, well, this is two civilizations that got access to vibranium, and that's what makes them more advanced, except for one civilization got access to vibranium a million years ago, and the other one got access to my great vibranium 200 years ago, maybe 300, around the time of uh, Hernando de Cortez. I'm going to go with 400, 400 years ago. So in those 400 years, they advanced their technology as fast as the other civilization did in a million years. Oh, wow. Yeah, sorry. Uh, is the MCU positing there is a wall in technological advancement and you can't get past it? And if so, why are we worried about people like Thanos? Because the Wakandans have hit it. We're good to go, man. But, you know, whatever. They don't want you to think. They just want you to, like, uh, feel some emotions once in a while. And the art direction is beautiful. And the acting was great. And a lot of waste, a lot of waste of talent in that film. <laughs> and then Viola Davis gets a Best Picture nomination for her queen. And then we got... The Woman Queen, have you seen that movie? It's so good. That's a real African woman queen that actually existed in in history. She should have been nominated for Best Actress. That was great. I already talked about that one two podcasts back. But yeah, not a fan of Wakanda Forever. Wakanda Forever. Uh, although by all accounts, it's better than the new Ant-Man movie, which I will not be seeing until it gets on Disney+, Plus because I don't go movie theaters anymore. Then I watched Babylon, which was terrible, but I loved it. But it was too long. If I could cut 30 minutes out of Babylon, it would be one of my favorite bad films of all time. The first 45, 50 minutes are just majestic. And then it gets boring. <laughs> but there's a lot to like. And I think it is somewhat wrongly maligned. And it is bravely done. It, it, it's interesting. For all the chances it took, none of the chances fail. It just fails in the same way most films fail these days. It's just too fucking long and isn't edited well. Kind of weird. Uh, then I watched Young E, the Korean sci-fi mill film from the maker of Train to Busan. And it's sort of a, a brain transfer kind of thing like that show Altered Carbon was on Amazon. And I really liked it. It was kind of panned. But I thought it was great. A little confusing towards the end. But I think it's sort of implicit sort of things that are different about the sense of family and cultural differences that I didn't quite understand because I don't have the same relationship with my parents. But other than that, I thought it was great. Uh, and then we watched the rom-com, the Alice and Brie rom-com, somebody I used to know last night, the night before, uh, which was fine. It was a dumb rom-com. They played some 
they messed around and played some tricks with the formula, and that mostly worked. They left a few little sort of odds and ends, like appendices that didn't quite add up, but it was the right thing to do, and I like all the characters, and it was funny, so yeah, cool. That's all the movies I watched, and I'm still reading The People's History of the United States because I haven't read a single page of it because I've been drinking all the time. That's not entirely true. I also bought two Kindle scribes, one for my office and one for my bedroom, and I just read all these PDFs. I read, like, court cases and SBF indictments, and I download PDFs from work, and I annotate them for coworkers at night, and I've been reading, like, I resubscribe to The New Yorker. Oh, my God, that's what it was, and I print out New Yorker articles, and I send them to my Kindle, and I read them in bed at night, and I've just been reading PDFs, and it's so great. But I really do need to get back to books because the next book I want to read after this is this book about the making of Mad Max Fury Road. And I'm very excited to read it, but I got to finish People's History of the United States. So now that I'm not drinking again, it is time I make a promise to you guys, my listeners, that by the time we talk again in three weeks, I will have finished Howard Zinn's A People's History of the United States, finally, at the age of 50. That's about it. A little choppy, not my finest episode. Some audio problems, some attention problems, but uh, I did it. I did it for you. I got her done. I miss you guys. I hope you're well. Drop a line. I'll see you guys in three weeks, and it'll be a better episode. I promise you that. Take care. <laughs>